Welcome back to the Bodie Bros. I'm John with the J. And I'm Phoenix Ray. And today, thanks to Ray's beautiful idea, we are going to do a tribute episode to one of our most favorite teachers. And I'm going to teach you how to pronounce his name in just a moment. <laughs> so allow me to pull up my screen here. And because I had pronounced it wrong for many years, and then a very dear friend of mine said his name. And um, I was like, that's how you say it? And he said, it is indeed. So the secret guest whom has recently passed to the next plane of existence, his monk's name, Nyathan, is pronounced Nyathan. And Thick, T-H-I-C-H, pronounced Tick, is a sim, is, and, and that translates. So his name is, is I always thought it was, Thick not Han, but it's actually Tick Nyat Han. And yes, yes, it's like N Y A H T, um, but it is Tick. And Tick means reverend. So that's not even his first name. It's just, a, it's a title. Um, okay. And yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and we don't need to know everything about all of our teachers and when we follow someone or whatever. We just, we, we, we connect with what we want to connect with and we move on. Uh, most of his followers called him T H Y which I'm like, oh, they? No, it's pronounced Thai, which means teacher. So I guess most of the people that were close to him or followed him called him Thai. So teacher or, you know, like sensei or something like that. Yeah, so, I've, heard, I've heard it like called a T-H-A-Y before. I didn't right. know how, how we were going to spell it, how to say it really. So um, Ray and I each have followed him for probably several years i don't know how long you have yeah. been acquainted with his his teachings uh from uh, for me personally i think i was introduced to him uh near my first major awakening so around 2011 2012 mm -hmm. someone had said to me have you ever heard of tiknat han and i was like what say who and uh they showed me uh, something on their phone and I was like okay yeah send me a link or something like that and that opened up a whole world of wonderfulness for me because I love poetry and he is amongst other things beyond his monk title uh, a profound poet teacher etc cetera, etc cetera. and he's written many 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 books uh, so that was the first thing that I gravitated toward was, was his books because uh, each and they're so easy and accessible because each page I mean you don't even have to read most of his books in succession you can just like open up a uh, open up the book in the middle or whatever and that, that could be your intuitive reading for the day if you will just beautiful beautiful stuff uh, endless library out there to access and I think today as we talk about it, Ray maybe we'll just talk about um, in the light of most people don't even know who he is and those that do you may pick up a thing or two with some of the information that, you know, Ray and I pulled out or some of the poetry that we found and, or maybe just um, share with us in, in tribute and remembrance. And let's, let's go. What's your, what was your introduction to, to Tick? Um, well, it's like, like you, when I had spiritual awakening, you know, I started looking for um, this reading, you know, spiritual information I would find on the internet. You know, you go searching for stuff, you have that, um, that, you know, that hunger for that knowledge. And that's what I had. And then I was very, I got very interested in Buddhism. 
And like I said, you know, before I've done a couple, um, I did a silent meditation before I used to go to a Zendo for a bit and do sitting and walking meditation there. Um, so it's, you know, when you look in the Buddhism, you're, you're going to find, you know, you're going to find, I'm going to say his name, I'm, I'm going to say his name wrong, but with Thich, Thich Nhat Hanh. So, you know, I stumbled upon him. It sounded really him. good. That sounded really good. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, now I'm like self-conscious about saying his name. Like, I am too, even though I've learned how to do it. Like, you know, it's like, he's kind of like looking at his stuff, his, his, his quotes. And then I was like, man, this guy's, you know, um, very passionate about mindfulness and peacefulness on earth. And just a lot of his teachings just, you know, resonated. And I, I don't even think you even, even be, need to be a, a Buddhist really to be it's not like a, it's not like a religious thing you know it's, it's it's all of his stuff is this universal wisdom that could apply to anyone and right. any kind of um religion anything that you follow it's just it's just good stuff that you could apply um and one of the things i really liked about him too is that he tried to um you know he talked about other religions he talked about christianity and he said mm -hmm. that uh, you know a lot of the misconception that i've come across to it people who are christian is you know they think that buddhists worship buddha <laughs> you know they they relate it to what they know i mean that's understandable christians right. you know it, you know christian is very belief-based you have to believe this stuff happened and this is that and where right. buddhism is like you know even like you know what he said was like you know you could be a, a buddhist you could be a christian and still be a buddhist you could take whatever from buddhism you know they don't worship buddha you know they just take this this universal wisdom that the buddha taught and they apply it to their everyday life. So, and you don't have to believe anything. There's no set of belief. Like you have to believe this about the Buddha, that he was all this and that. It yeah. does, none of that really matters. It's all about the yeah. teachings. It's not about the teacher it's, itself. So right. take whatever you want from Buddhism and apply it to your daily life. And if, if something doesn't resonate with you, then leave it. There's no, you have to do this or you have to believe that. Gosh, I love that too. I love that my introduction and felt like it was always teaching and never preaching. I never mm -hmm. felt like it was like there was pressure or a, a persuadence, if you will, in a, in a different, in, in a very specific direction. I always just felt like it was mindfulness poetry. And, yeah. and for me, it was probably that at the time that it happened in my life or whatever, and, and the information that I was ready to receive or whatever, it, it was probably the most intimate handshake with mindfulness that I had experienced at that point. Maybe I had been exposed to other really good teachers, but it didn't stick as much as when I met him with his stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm getting this mindfulness stuff now, you know, because I had practiced Tai Chi and Kung Fu and I've read Zen books and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, be in the net. But it wasn't until um, I, I was ready uh, for, for the mindfulness teacher. And he arrived, you know, they say, when you're ready for the teacher, the teacher will arrive. And he certainly did. And it was, it was such a, such a beautiful, um, gracing into my life's path. Um, and, it, and, and, and his stuff tickles me to this day and it will uh, stimulate, inspire and bring solace to my soul until my last breaths on this plane of existence. And um, so I pulled up three things today. I know you said you found some poems and stuff. So we go, let's just go back and forth like we do with the yeah. cards or whatever. Um, so at that time of the awakening, so I started because I love walking. That's my most favorite thing on the planet. So I started hosting walking meditations and just falling back in love with walking and hoping others would 
would do the same with me and so that we can share company and, and growth together. So he has a walking meditation poem and I will read that to you. Um, it's pretty quick. It's take my hand, we will walk. We will only walk. We will enjoy our walk without thinking of arriving anywhere. Walk peacefully, walk happily. Our walk is a peace walk. Our walk is a happiness walk. Then we learn that there is no peace walk, that peace is the walk, and there is no happiness walk, that happiness is the walk. We walk for ourselves, we walk for everyone, always hand in hand. Walk and touch peace every moment. Walk and touch happiness every moment. Each step brings a fresh breeze. It's my favorite part. Each step makes a flower bloom under our feet. Kiss the earth with your feet. Print on earth your love and happiness. Earth will be safe when we feel in us enough safety. Wow, that's a good part, that last part. It reminded me when I went to that meditation in New York at Jack Cornfield. Um, I've never done walking meditation before that. So this was about, hey, this was, when I go, I think 2017, I think. Um, you know, we'd, so we would do this retreat for three days and we would do sitting in the morning. Jack would talk and then we'd go outside. And it was, um, this was in New York um, Garrison Institute over by the- um, Yeah, I remember you telling me a story. And I was like, I want to go. <laughs> You would do like walking and stuff. I never did a walking meditation. I never, I, yeah. I, to be honest, I don't think I've ever even knew there was a such thing as walking meditation. I just knew there was this like seated meditation and, you know, sit there like they have cross and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay, I never heard of this. And, and I realized too, it's like, you know, like he said, like, like in the poem, there's no destination. You know, we're never really just walking. A lot of times we're walking just to walk. We're always trying to walking in a, in a transition thing. You know, we're going from A to B right <laughs> we're never right. just walking and just being mindful of our walking right or, or you know and our usually when we're doing that our, our mind is like somewhere else we're thinking about the past we're thinking about what we're going to do later in the day right 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 and and the walk ray is never enough by itself we have to have earbuds in or right. we have to or we have to make it like it's a workout and like achieve something like you said or or it's a it's a walking break so like we're walking but like you said we're thinking about uh what we gotta do at home we gotta do a work blah, 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 blah. it's the walk's yeah. gone why, why, why even yeah. walking <laughs> right so it was a uh, it was different you know i, I enjoyed yeah. it i enjoyed it a lot um just taking that in and and being very mindful of each step that's what i was taught he's like just be mindful each step every step like he said like the whole egg like, you know your yeah. feet around like that and just and just and just all, that's all it is it's so simple yeah <laughs> it's so it's almost so simple that we just we ignore we take it for granted and we mm -hmm. just we don't notice it there's yeah. an ex there's an extended version of it online too where it um it's not it's not just a poem um i think it's on his plum village page and i'll have links below folks for everything that ray and i are talking about um and it, it really goes into detail, some of the visualizations that you can have. And it says, um, it says something along the lines of walk as if you're an emperor um, as your feet kiss the earth. And like, it's like heel, like your heel hits the ground and slowly you press your toes to the ground and then lift your toes and then your heel comes up. Yeah. And this is something 
that I tried to, it, it takes a while for it you know to, I, you know what, now I, now you're saying that refresh my memory. I heard that too, at the retreat, they said that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a, and then he said something about like, and then when you release your foot, imagine like a lotus bloom blossoming beneath your foot and in the poem it says a flower right but it gets very specific and they call it something like the walk of the emperor or something like that so i thought that was some badass shit because so i'm walking I, there's a local botanical garden nearby and i'm like walk it talks about posture and everything and like i'm walking very very intentionally like heel to toe lift so if anyone was watching me they were probably like what is that lunatic doing well i, I know you're a star wars fan did you actually think that you're at walk like you're pretended to be the emperor when you were doing this um it was a more light than dark energy at the time. And I was smoking a lot of cannabis. So um, not, not so much Palpatine. If I had to compare it to um, like a royal figure, I would need a minute on that. Like who, who I maybe envisioned myself as, I don't, I don't know, maybe a, a male version of Queen Amidala. I don't, <laughs> the opposite. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, that was, that was a night. That was an interesting um, time in my life. And um, hey, before, can I read one more thing that goes with this before yeah. you read? And then you could take over for a while. And then I only have yeah. one more thing. Um, but what ended up happening for me was I'm like, okay, rip these things out. I don't even want to carry my phone. It was just like natural progression toward just feeling the energies of this mindfulness walk of just connecting with nature. And I'm like, fortunately I had this resource of this garden I could walk to right down the block from where I lived and stuff and I'm like what what what's next to this right because I wasn't ready for seated meditation yet I wasn't ready to face myself like that I needed the walking meditation and why I think it's a wonderful um introduction because a lot of people struggle with like I can't just sit there I can't just sit there well yeah. then maybe try the walking meditation it really served me well because uh, I wasn't ready to just sit in silence with myself. But I was introduced at a retreat. It was like a yoga, sustainable living, just very intimate, small group uh, retreat to a term called noble silence. And he just said the words. And then he's like, we're not going to talk or talk to each other. We're just going to go. And it was, oh, it was a guided like plant meditation. We were supposed to go find like a, a plant that called to us on the property. And then identify what it was, find out more about it, just sit with it. But we weren't supposed to talk to each other. And I'm like, I really like this word, noble silence. So I did some research and guess where it's from? <laughs> ba -da -ba 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 -ba. It's, well, let me just read about it. We have a period of silence on our schedule that starts after the last evening activity until breakfast the next day. And sometimes we like to extend it until after lunch. I have kept the schedules of our retreats over the years, and it was in 1993, we started to call the practice of silence, noble silence. Noble silence does not mean that we are not allowed to talk. It means that we don't have to talk. We have no obligation to talk during that period of day or night. Silence becomes noble when it is an inner silence. The mind is calm and at ease. Whenever I hear the sound of a bell, whether it is the outside bell or the telephone or the chiming of the clock, I take it as an opportunity to practice noble silence. So I guess that just, if he hears it, that's like a divine message for him to go into a noble silence. I like that. I go back to my breathing. I feel the air moving in and out of my body. I become aware of the temperature of the air and the substance of the air as it moves in and out through my nostrils. 
with the practice of stopping and listening to the sound of the bell, I go a little bit in the direction of inner silence. I have noticed that when my mind is busy, my body is also busy and I tend to do things noisily. I like to regard my body as a door leading to inner silence. Therefore, I practice as the door slams in the distance. Therefore, I practice being aware of the sounds I make when I move around. This has a wonderful effect. My bodily actions become very quiet and my mind becomes calm. When practicing sitting meditation, I find the practice of body awareness very centering and stabilizing. Sometimes we don't really sit when we sit on our cushion or chair. We almost, we are almost off the cushion. When I sit on my cushion, I become aware of the contact with the cushion and of any tension I may have in my body. It may be behind my forehead and my shoulders or my abdomen. Breathing in, I become aware of my body and breathing out, I let go of this tension in my body. Then slowly, slowly, every outbreath, I land on my cushion a little bit more until I sit firmly and stably as a mountain. What? The practice of being aware of my whole body from the top of my head to the very tip of my toes and keeping this awareness alive throughout the whole period of sitting brings about a feeling of joy and happiness in my body and mind, which is very nourishing. When we practice slow walking in the meditation hall, I become aware of my body moving through space. Every time I take a step, I become aware of the contact between my foot and the floor. I like to put my full weight on my foot as I take a step and come to rest in every step. When I put my foot down, there is a little pause as I rest in my step. Nice. There is a physical feeling of sinking into the step. I like to practice this also outside, but not so slowly. At times, resting in each step can be very challenging. How much more? There's only two paragraphs left. Thank you for bearing with me, Ray and folks. Uh, I just felt this was very important. For instance, when the activity bell has already been invited, we feel we have to hurry. When we walk, not like I do right now, when we walk in a hurried way, we don't rest in every step. Instead, we seem to quickly touch the earth in order to get somewhere, as Ray pointed out. In times like that, I practice taking the hurry out of my steps so that I can come to rest in every step. It can be challenging because there is something in me that tells me if I don't hurry, I will be late. However, if I don't hurry, I will get there much faster because hurry comes from worry and worry is a very heavy uh, and slows me down uh, type of energy. If we drop the hurry and worry, we move in a lighter way and we can be in every step and be on time. We can move faster, but we don't need to hurry. When our bodily actions are calm and peaceful, our mind is also calm and peaceful and our outer silence becomes inner silence. Inner silence is the foundation of deep listening. It is the essence of dwelling in the present moment and being able to touch what is happening inside of us and around us. Inner silence makes us available for ourselves, our loved ones, and the wonders of life. Wow. Woo! Ray, thanks for bearing with me. I didn't realize probably, it was that long when I pulled it up. You could probably make a whole college course out of this, that one. <laughs> that one poem you know i mean you could just sit there and just there's so much right there that you could just right like <laughs> really, really like you know a lot of people would read that poem and be like wow that's pretty good but you know what if you were to sit there and just like read that every day i bet i guarantee you i bet you that could that that right there could change your life if you made that even you can make that a spiritual practice is just to read that every day yeah and just take because I, I guarantee you if you were to read that every day certain parts would hit you differently each day you know yeah. something would kind of come at you like you know the inner silence part you know and just in every the way you were you know it was just describing like 
just being very present, you know, very, and it, it seems a very grounding, you know, when hey, we talk about being on the cushion and letting go and more of you sits on the cushion and just letting go, letting all that noise in our minds and, you know, letting that be free. Cause we're, you know, we're never, we're, it's so hard sometimes for us to be present. Yeah. You know, it's, it, sometimes we don't even know, we don't even notice that we're not present. We're thinking about something else. We're thinking about using our imagination and thinking of this and, you know, are we really, when we're sitting on our couch, are we actually really sitting on our couch? You know, most of the time we're watching TV, we're looking at our phones and we're some, we're always someplace else other than right here. Yeah. Just be right here and, you know, allow yourself, you know, to come to your sensations, bring your you know, awareness to your body and just really feel, feel that connection. And, you know, and he always said, be you know, mindful of the tension that he has in his body and, you know, and I, I think he said something before, you know, that's really what freedom is, is that, that inner silence is, and that's where the, where the joy comes from. Joy comes from that freedom of just <laughs> having that. And it, it, it's so hard to have that inner silence, especially when there's so much stuff going on today. There's so many triggers. There's, I think there's more triggers now than maybe, you know, so much time in history yeah. because we're bombarded by all this stuff, political and health stuff. And that's why it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we, and we see it from our friends and people we know, or, everyone's so opinionated and all this stuff's going on. It's so hard to have that inner silence right now. And I think right now is probably the most important, such a vital time right now to have a spiritual practice and have a, a time that we could sit and just be silent and meditate and have that because it's, I think now it's not a luxury. It's not, it's not something we could just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Right. You know, I'll, I'll meditate like tomorrow or something like that. Like, no, it's, it's almost vital now that you make that a daily practice, even yeah. if it's just for five minutes and just sit and just let yourself just connect and let go and kind of just let all that like stuff and worries and fears and anxiety, all that stuff. And just let, yeah. it, let it come off you, you know, <laughs> yeah, man. abandon the external. Cause you're, you're not changing anything out there, man. I mean, yeah. like that, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like focus yeah, on the yeah. internal and that stuff will change right. <laughs> you know, the stuff that you want, you know, be the change you want to see. Right. Like yeah. it's that, I mean, it's that whole thing. And it's so true, man. You know, they say all of attraction. You yeah. got to find in you first and then that becomes an, a yep. manifestation. The outside becomes a manifestation of the inside. So if that's true, then the most important thing I could do for the world <laughs> is to take care of my inner peace. Yeah. Stop way. worrying about what other people are doing. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I introduce the I, I fuse the noble silence thing that I've learned, right? In my journey with the walking meditation. And I start doing noble silence to, and add my own thing, device-free walking meditations. So put everything you have except for your clothes into your car, you know, in your trunk. You know, if, if you want me to hold your keys for you, I'll do that. I'll be the person who holds it. You don't have to worry about, I mean, we're, we're all going to walk in this park and get lost, but come back together. When's an hour going to be over? Don't worry about it. You'll see, I'll be the timekeeper, but you enjoy this event. I'm going to, when you see me sitting on this picnic table, that means the hour's over. You can keep walking if you want, but we can come back here and talk, whatever. So I'll share one brief story. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to take it from a 10 minute story to like, 15 seconds. So many wonderful things happened from these events for, for myself, for people that have never experienced anything like it or just needed 
that uh, in that day in that moment whatever but the one thing that i will never forget is that this woman brought her four kids and four kids and i was like oh man we're gonna four kids are gonna be quiet they did a great job right because the whole thing was you can't point and say hey look at that or oh hey i gotta go to the bathroom or anything like that like you just have to i mean tick's definition was a little different like you could talk if you want but my theme was like let's let's not <laughs> let's not talk you know like you know if you have to of course go ahead and I told everyone if they wanted to write little cards, if they ran into someone, they could say like, I am practicing a noble silence. That helps if you want to honor the silence, right? And, um, but anyway, at the end, this little girl comes up to me, the, the oldest of the four with like tears. She's like, and I was like, are you okay? And she was like, thank you so much. I've never experienced silence before. <laughs> <laughs> something I, that wasn't her exact words right but the tears in her eyes and her sentiment was like i live in a house with three other kids and i don't know what that even means you know and like in life in this world and she was like I, it's possible she said something like i i oh I, like it was the first time i ever heard myself or something like that right and i was like oh god i can retire i can retire right now like that's that's good right like yeah. And that, that's a beautiful thing. And our, like you said earlier, right now, we need p spiritual practices like that or anything in general, but kids really need that, man. Because I mean, yeah, it's tough on us right now, the state of the world and all this noise and nonsense and like, shut up. But the, the kids, man, I mean, they're being traumatized. They're powerless to this all. And maybe don't have all the tools and we need to give them simple outlets like this to be able to hear themselves and and right. and create and 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 take their own voice and say you know shut up <laughs> man imagine if we taught kids mindfulness and meditation oh, my, early age, like some schools how, do how but i know how much of an effect would that be in that generation be huge older? that might be one of the best things we could ever do to with our children is to have them have that practice and how hard would that be like you said, you you could take that whole poem and make it a semester or a year. Right. <laughs> Just break it down and live it in class every day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Your turn. All right. Well, this is just a, a little quote. This is one of the um <clears throat> when another person makes you suffer, it is because he suffers deeply within himself and his suffering is spilling over. He does not need punishment, he needs help. That's the message he is sending. I love that, man. I love that because I need to read that every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just this is a gentle reminder. You know, it's one of those mirror things, like just to remind you, you post in the mirror. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, hey, man, you're going to run into some people today. And they might push you in some uncomfortable ways or they might challenge you or troll you online or something like that, you know, and like, don't take it personally, right? Like, that's coming from a place of pain and just like right. severe hurt. It's not about me. And, and that's a really easy way to, not easy way, but a really cool way if you have um, your mindful heart wrapped around 
what's actually happening and then maybe be courageous enough to offer it and say and that's tough because someone's like you're a dick and i'm like whoa where did that come from friend i'm not your friend you piece of crap or whatever like what do you do what like i'm not your buddy pal yeah right i'm not your buddy pal (laughs) that's awesome and then you're like clearly not yet but what can we do to get there and like you know it it depends on their energy and you know reading the room but you know you could say things not to diffuse it because you're not you're not trying because then you're not validating that person's pain and and their attack right but they were like you man you sound like you're really angry are you angry at me specifically like that's you know that that's i think that's a decent question right yeah yeah oh uh, why are you angry at me you know and if that might be a hard answer for them to come up with and at the end of it he's like i'm not mad at my dad man you know like right like, right. hey projection right hey reminds me too like you know even christianity says you know love your enemies right you know and a lot of people are like what does that mean love your enemies yeah blah, blah, blah. and it's t- that's kind of like explaining that because that person's hurt you know they like it says they don't need punishment they need help so they need compassion they need someone to be like like you know do what you said um also reminds me of two of that um um doesn't is, is a, a story um that roundhouse read at one time uh, about the person on the train about the drunk laborer and the guy gets on the train and he starts like being very you know tries to like push somebody takes a swing at somebody this guy's drunk and everything and then um the keto master he was like, like you know he stands up and he's ready to like and he's been training a keto for like 20 years and but he's but he's he's never been in any kind of combat before he's been untested and he's always wanted to have this like opportunity to like you know take someone on fight evil and save the day you know use this he's been training for every day for like you know eight hours a day for like four years and he's like this is my chance and then right when he's about to like you know he put he says something back at the drunk guy and the guy is about to um you know rush at him and some little like 70 you know 75 year old man's like hey hey and they're like what and the guy just says hey what's going on you know what you've been drinking and the guy's like sake you know what why you know and he's like oh i love sake too me and my wife we go outside by persimmon tree we drink our sake every night even when it rains and starts talking about the persimmon tree and he's like going on and on and the guy's just like and he's like you know i'm sure you have a um a be you know a wonderful wife and the guy's like no my wife died i have no job and he just sees how like the guy that the keto guy just sees how he was able to diffuse that just by being like with kind words instead of right. you know he was ready to like you know take the guy apart right and he's like man that guy just like he's like you know to him that's like that's how he that's what a keto is is diffusing that you know diffusing that situation and yeah um, you know, he just because that guy, you know, he just needed that love. He needed compassion. He needed a someone just to listen to him and be mindful and have that. You know, in going back to that inner that inner peace part, I don't know if you could be that way if you didn't have that inner peace within you. Because if you're all all up here and all this right. stuff, blah 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 blah, are you gonna be mindful enough to kind of like center yourself and be silent and be open enough to not? <laughs> to allow that be mindfulness and to be to be have that compassion because yeah. if you have all this stuff going on in you and that person comes at you with some with a dagger you're probably going to be like you know you're probably already have all these triggers going on in your mind already and he's just going to like set something off in you and you're just going to be 
reactionary instead of responsive. And that's why I wish that phones were still attached to the walls in our house with a wire. And that's the only way we could like have access to that type of communication. Computers, fine. Internet, fine. But like, I just wish it wasn't mobile technology because like it's something you're just doing in the comforts of your home when you're alone or with your family, whatever. Because when we're out and about and we're in cafes and parks and this and that, like put your devices away and connect with people and listen and connect with yourself first and foremost. So, you know, maybe you could be like Ray said and be at a little more peace versus it's just noise, it's confusion. So if someone meets you with anger or whatever, and they're like, hey, dick. And you're like, what the f- do you want, man? Because you got all this noise going on. Someone's just stomped on your energetic parade, right? That's going on yeah. over here. And, and like you said, you're, you're not at peace with yourself. You've got this casino of right. amusement park shit happening all around you. And then like 14 different apps. And I got to update this. And I got to make sure that so-and-so checked this and did that and sent that email. Blah, 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 blah. How do you even interact with human beings outside of your house when when you have this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Grab a book by Thich Nhat Hanh. <laughs> sit in the cafe. <laughs> Practice some noble silence. I'm, I'm on my soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't, you know, take your phone, play your candy crush, whatever. <laughs> but what else you got? All right. Uh, let's see. You cannot transmit wisdom and insight to another person. The seed is already there. A good teacher touches the seed, allowing it to wake up, to sprout, and to grow. Dig that, man. I'll give that some golf claps and poetry snaps. (laughs) Wow, just, yeah, that's a really good, that's another mirror reminder. Put that quote next to that one on the top of the mirror, man. I love that. It's so... It's so simple, but so profound in, in the impact it has when we, we don't give folks, I've been guilty of this for probably 47 out of my 48 years of life. Like when we, when we give people unsolicited advice versus right. just holding space for them and like, you know what you should do, man, you should read this book, man. You know what you should do? You should you know, you should do this, you should go do that, you know, without, the, if someone asks you, hey, do you have a book you recommend? Perfect. But if they don't, there's a huge difference between someone saying, man, I'm really depressed right now. And you're like, you know what you need? <laughs> you know, you need that. Like, they didn't ask you, you know, they're just, I'm really depressed. You're like, tell me about that, man. Like, how long have you felt this way? Like, what do you think started it? Like, how are you doing? Those are the questions. Verse, and I think that's like touching the seed. That's like getting that. That's 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 you saying like, hey, like there's something inside of you that can help you, like, but you won't be able to see it or hear it until you allow this feeling to blossom and fully be expressed and exposed. Because then you're going to be able to see the roots of it all and go, oh, hey, you know what? And then maybe that leads to a. I feel like maybe I need like a really good book. Maybe you do, you still, still, you still don't say, Hey, read this book. You still touch the seed and you go, maybe you do. Is there a certain book that's on your list or that calls to you? 
right? You're still putting the ball in their court. You know, as the teacher, you're bringing them to the door versus, right? Knocking it down and grabbing their hand and going, woo, let's jump into a sea of nonsense together, right? Like, because nobody's ready for that. But I think it's a beautiful quote. Yeah, I mean, we all really have the answers within us. And they always say like the best teacher doesn't really tell you something. They direct you inward. They always, a, a good teacher always point, directs you back into yourself inward. So whenever they say like, you know, you meet this teacher who's like preaching, blah, 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 blah. Maybe they have some good, you know, some knowledge here and there. But to me, a teacher like that is more of like an, someone who's just trying to like fulfill their own ego of being a teacher, right. <laughs> you know? where someone sees just, you know, a true, to me, that's what a true, you know, that true teacher is, helps you ask you those, those questions. Because really, that's what expands your consciousness is asking questions. When someone asks you questions, oh, how does that make you, you know, when was the first time you felt that way? When was that? How does that make you feel? You know, right. all this stuff. That's when you kind of like, oh, okay. That directs you inward and lets you investigate with that curiosity of what's, what's going on. And right. that's what kind of lights the candle. And and that's when you discover that, oh, my, you know, the true self, the true essence, that's it's already there in you. And that's empowering because if I go, go read this book, that's stripping you from all your power. You're like, okay, you know, like I'll go read the book and you're probably not going to read the book. But if, like you said, through conversation and question, you get there on your own, mm -hmm. dude, that you're like, instead of, okay, I'll read the book. You're like, I'm going to go read a book. <laughs> you know, it's a big difference. It's, it, it's, uh, and, and, and he has a lifetime of contributions like this, like just these four lines of a verse or, you know, just a sentence or, you know, books upon books upon books of this stuff and videos. He's in videos like he's like he's a modern day monk, you know, like he embraced the technology as, as in ways that felt, I guess, comfortable for him and, and his surrounding um, support system. So it's good stuff. You got another one? Uh, yeah, I think I got one more here. Okay, cool. And then I have I have something we can close with that's kind of fun. Okay. It's light. You know, it's a good one. Okay. People say walking on water is a miracle, but to me, walking peacefully on earth is the real miracle. I've heard that one. That, that's bumper sticker t-shirt. That's like, <laughs> uh, and that, okay, that one, go. okay, your first quote, your second quote, that one goes right in the middle, man. <laughs> I mean, we won the lottery, folks. We're here, like on this planet, man, like there's so many places, so many possibilities or whatever, but we're incarnated here and it is a miracle. Every moment is a miracle and, and, and every next moment has the potential of being yet another miracle and to different levels and degrees of surprise and spectacularness and, and, and expansion and learning and, and love and, and fear and this and that. It's like, there's so much. And when life is so overwhelming and we're like, I hate this place or I hate my life and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that, that's a time to maybe tap into some Thich Nhat Hanh, man. Just open one of his books and read a page and get yourself like back to the miracle of life. Because really that practice of mindfulness can deliver you 
immediately there, no matter how overwhelmed you are. No matter, I remember I used to have this Kung Fu meditations book. It's very similar to his teachings. There's this really old book. I don't know who wrote My daughter has it now. I gave it to her. I was like, this book has saved my life many times. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, when I was most stressed and I felt like I was going crazy or whatever, I would pick up this book. It was like little poem. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Or like, just focus on the, that, that, that quick teaching. And I'm like, all right. And it wasn't a distraction. It was, it was a, a, an opportunity to slow down, understand that I'm standing in the middle of this immeasurably amazing miracle 